on this next podcast episode, we cover some topics that might you might not typically find on uh, my podcast if you're a consistent listener, and uh, some topics that you might be a little bit surprised by, and some stuff that uh, is definitely intriguing. So I just wanted to come on and do a little uh, disclaimer, uh, viewer discretion or listener discretion is advised. The reason I wanted to have this episode, keep it there and have space for it is because I do believe that the topics we covered were uh, good topics to talk about, uh, things in our community, in the art community that are worthwhile to experience and listen to. And there, I believe that there should be a space for that. We hope you enjoy it. We appreciate you listening, giving us a shot, and uh, spending some time with us. And uh, so to bring us in on the podcast, my name is Josh Snyder, and you're listening to Thoughtful Discussions. And my co-host tonight is the wonderful... Brittany Seip. And uh, we appreciate her very much for being here. And our our guest, our special guest tonight, our, um, I'm going to give a little bit of an introduction. So I first met in 2011 at the Rex Theater. Oh, that would make sense, yeah. And you, and you gave me like a sticker and a flyer and um, Was that the added art? me on Facebook or MySpace at the time. Okay. And um, like we were try, trying to recruit me. Yes, to, into, uh, into my into my into my poor and unfortunate cult that I started a long yes. time ago. Yeah, yes. yeah. You told me yeah. all about your cult. Yeah, which, which I probably didn't tell you much. No, no, yeah, because it's it's a cult. It's a good cult right. lady. Yes, leave them guessing. Right, sort of thing. And uh, and so it kept me interested, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What is this guy doing?" And uh, so I've kind of kept along and followed as you've uh, developed into an artist, and mm-hmm. um, you know, well, I was an artist too then. Yeah, you know what I mean. Very much the the idea of the cult was about the the the. So a lot of the art that I do is about like the idea of image and how mm-hmm. you perceive yourself to the world and yeah. how the world perceives you and, and, and thinks back, you know, the communication there. Yeah. So the idea of what a cult was, was, was that you could make a cult of personality, which is what artists are. Yeah. And then if you got enough people to kind of like follow along, yeah. then everyone else might think you're nice too. Like that's the whole, mm-hmm. a lot of my artwork all revolves around the people. I just want everyone to think I'm okay. <laughs> gotcha. they want to hang out with me sometimes you know yeah. i really don't want them to hang out sometimes but you know it's nice you to want have... them to want to hang out yeah yeah it's like keeping money yes yeah. yes yeah fair but that was yeah that was fun and i still doing that yeah um there was uh some some definite issues that were comical to it that were very correlation with a certain uh organization that has uh some centers in like florida and gotcha. california and really hollywood central got it. you know I um, don't want to mention any names, but uh, but that was kind of comical. So that was the goal of that was was just to get sued by them at some point in time, so gotcha. that you know um, they would definitely win because we don't have the money to fight them. But it's good press to have <laughs> like you know have your cult sued by the other big name cult in the area. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of re- repetitive motions in there and different things. And Did it ever happen? No, no, I never got enough traction for it, and that's I still um. I still am, there's times that there's certain things that are out there that I put out there. Yeah. Like there's a lot of photographs that have feature some of his writings in them and some of the book holdings in them. So I worry that like, I'm, I hopefully I'll get sued someday by them. <laughs> I mean, that's really, I kind of just want to get sued by them because I'm yeah. sure it'd be horrible, but like in a fun way, yeah. like a chaos way, like 
yeah, I don't know. Not like a jail time way, but like a cease and desist kind of. Yeah, I got a, a strongly desist. worded letter. Yeah, I got a cease and desist order one time, or a couple times from Disney. Okay, when I was when I was in college, and and I, they were deserved. Like they were definitely yeah. deserved. They they were. I turned some of their imagery into pornography imagery, and just was like, ha ha. And then they were like, stop it. Because like, <laughs> okay. that was like when the first um, when I was in school was literally when like MySpace and everything started kind of like mm-hmm. taking off. Yes. And Disney were like hawks. Yeah. Like they were like uh, on okay. it in seconds. Like they right. had a team of people that were watching things. And they before would just, Google reverse image yeah, search. Yeah, so they could just like, and they would find you. And yeah. they would like, and they would go through Facebook accounts and whatever. And if you tagged it and it got tagged enough times, or I don't even know if it was tagging back then or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. What but, characters did you use? Well, I mean, is this PG or is this? Uh... Well, I haven't even introduced your name yet. Oh. So we, oh. we can warn, we okay. can warn yeah. the audience yes. now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hi. I'm the Reverend Dasher Rocket. I'm an artist. I live in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. There's Josh. I'm Brittany. sorry. Brittany. <laughs> Brittany. I'm bad. I'm terrible with names. It's okay. So, but yeah. Bambi. Oh, okay. Um, Thumper. Okay. The skunk, which I don't remember what the skunk's name was. Like Pepe Le Pew? No, not Pepe Le Pew. That's Warner Brothers. Oh, totally. The skunk okay. from, it was all the cast of Bambi. Okay. And um, there was a dildo. Oh. And a sign that said, happy, <laughs> I don't forget what it said. Like something <laughs> weird. Um, but Thumper was pushing it into Bambi. Interesting. Yeah. It was, uh, it was one of those things where I think like we, uh, we were trying to challenge you stuff. I also one time was involved in a penis drawing contest okay. with my friend and it was based on who could make the other one not want to see penises anymore. Like, <laughs> gotcha. So, so but the it, one, it just, it just grew the hundred oh, more. Yeah, it grew. Yeah. It, and it, mine, the winning, the winning one was, um, I drew a penis, two penises in a in a bondage situation mm. where the one penis had a penis another littler penis <laughs> on a stick inside the one penis and and the other penis was like of course excited about this and the other penis had like a full-on bra and panties and like this whole thing and had his balls like hanging on the thing and on the tv this is what really freaked him out was that there was like five tvs that all had different scenes of penis porn of penises doing things to each other got it and he was just like that's disgusting i don't want to draw a penis again so got it. i won it was okay nice. was it just like drawing with like pen yeah okay. yeah yeah it was just drawing it we didn't do I any mean, like construction of puppets <laughs> but i mean i was you, willing to go there if it needed to and he lived in philadelphia so it was like we would you mail were, them you to could each do other. mixed media if you had you to. mailed them to yeah each other. so we would mail them back and forth i think oh, that's how we worked them. Them. yeah i think we mailed them back and forth we may have not no, I'll have I think to text I like him. that even better. Text him. Yeah. yeah. All right. Do we mail? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I mean, you have to be a fairly good character artist to be able to portray the emotions of even you know these Eroticism. stick figure. Yeah. Did we mail? <laughs> He's doing it right now. The penis drawings. I like that you can hear it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I, I just got a new phone today, so like I don't know all the buttons. No, no, that was a that was a well, yeah, it was, theatrical yeah, effect. Yeah, it was yeah, no, that was yeah, that was totally planned. Yeah. yeah. So, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Um. So we own and operate a printing business. Okay. How's that going? Very well. Good. Good. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited. Like I, every time I see the stuff you're putting out, it always Thank looks you. really great. And stuff like that. You get a lot of business and things. We yeah. are. Good. Um. Good. We're doing better than we ever have. That's good. And uh, now it's just the two of us. That's cool. So I had at one point I had like five people working, and it was it was starting to wear me down. We had yeah. too many people, not enough. We had a lot of work, but we were just taking on everything that mm-hmm. could possibly be um, taken. And uh, I was really afraid 
mm-hmm. if I let people go and if I didn't take on everything that I wouldn't um, either yeah. I wouldn't have enough work for myself or <laughs> I would you know make people mad and lose customers yeah. and need none of those things happened mm-hmm. um, it just we just kind of honed in on what we do well and kind of doubled down and um, there has been a couple items that we have taken off our list but overall We've been able to maintain between 30, 35 and 75 orders every day. That's good. And wow, it's just, just the two of us. So yeah. it's uh, it's pretty amazing. We're, we're a little over nine years in. That's cool. That's cool. I'm yeah. doing a mural this summer in Greensburg. Okay. It's Great. like 4,400 square feet. It's so huge. It's, yeah, it's giant. It's, it's, it's one of those things like where I, so there's, um, I have like these plans for like, so the Laurel Highlands Trail, which is like oh, a yeah. big walking trail and whatnot. Yeah, she's I, a big fan. Okay. I haven't necessarily got permission from them to do this or wait, hold on, it's Doug. No, he said no, but we should. Like as regards <laughs> to the fact that it's, you know, you, I'll, 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 finish, I'll finish this conversation later. So we did not mail them. We showed them to each other, maybe with the mm. phone. Damn it. I wish I was better storytelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to do that with Doug so I can then add that to the story. Yeah. And then I don't have that problem. But yeah, so I'm working on this huge mural and, uh, and it's just, and part of the Laurel Highlands Trail is there's all these locations around the, you know, the Western, Westmoreland County, or, you know, North Allegheny County area that are just like beautifully like empty of stuff. So, you know, and um, one of the buildings is a shop and save. There was two shop and saves in town. So I have like nine or 10 in town Greensburg that I want to do. So that kind of, um, I'm kind of adopting Greensburg as like my own little like Renaissance town, like mm. kind of where I'm just like going to put as much artwork as they'll let me until yeah. someone says stop and mm. then and then I'm just going to move on to another town is kind of what the plan is but the mural is uh, on the side of shop and save so it's huge and it's got you and from shop and save you have permission yes yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah I get permission for everything most yeah. of the time and then I mean I used to not but now I do because yeah. I have to, you know I'm 45 and I should probably get permission <laughs> I don't want to need to go to jail for something that's, uh, dumb like that yeah I um but yeah so that's oh, like sorry. the <laughs> um so that's kind of the thing and I think you know one of the one of the goals of the bureau projects in general is just to kind of inspire inspire awe for people, mm-hmm. so that's why I think I do them so huge and like kind of like oh shit I shouldn't have done that I shouldn't agree to that this is a lot of work, <laughs> yeah. but um but because you know I want people to like look at it and also be like oh wow that's pretty great I want to be able to improve my business or I want to be able to improve my lawn or I want to be able right. to not put my trash out front of my house or whatever, not mm-hmm. trying to push a utopian society but like trying to give people something more exciting to look at when they yeah. go around places and i agree with that and you know and it's fun to work with businesses and the, the the charlie family which is the family that owns the shop and say they've been amazing to work with and they've been really helpful and letting me do what i want to do yeah. you know what i mean and not being but also kind of being like well, you need to have some aspects of this that we need to be toned in you right. know my original idea with them that i pitched was uh there is a 14th century image of from one of the German masters from the Renaissance that is a shop scene. Like it's an outside shop scene and there's like like 160 some characters in it. So 160 some different people and it's yeah. all the way back and it goes back and has these, these, and I wanted to put that on this giant wall. Got it. And, and, you know, in talking to the family and whatever else and talking to people, you know, it was a good idea. It's just, I think it was too, it wouldn't it was just too much it was too you know it was too it was too big for what they wanted you know mm-hmm. what i mean so got it I was able to talk to you and i have greensburg landmarks being featured in the project so and i enjoy doing it. i'm doing my flowers all over it so i enjoy it you know so it's a fun it's been fun so far it's yeah. a lot of work yeah like three days of rain which hasn't been helpful mm-hmm. gotcha. past three days have been like raining because like yeah, even yeah. today it rains so much in the morning that you can't really like 
go there tonight to yeah. work because it's going to be wet and it's going to not the paint might run and just different things. So I have an overnight right. plan tomorrow where I'm going to do over sixty percent of it in one night if gotcha. I get it right done. So yeah. So wait, what does the Laurel Highlands have to do with it? Nothing really. I just want to. Oh. I'm just kind of adopting the Laurel Highlands as my as my trail okay. idea. So there's also all these breweries in this area too that I've been talking to all, as many of the brewers that will talk to me, which is a fair amount of them, where I want to put artwork in them. So I also mm-hmm. would be in all of those locations. And then I want to start like a, a dasherology version of the Laurel Highlands, oh. which is just um, like theirs, but only with just me in it. Okay. That's kind of my it. weird idea about it. Yeah. Because I think, I think, you know, I think that there is aspects of things that you can make quirky fun of very established things. Yeah, and I think the idea of the Laurel Highlands Trail, which has been around for I don't know how long, and they have very traditional marketing, very traditional advertising. They do a great job. I'm not mm-hmm. saying they don't, but it's just you know, it's not funny. So like sometimes it's too serious. So I think it'd be funnier if it's just pictures of mm-hmm. me standing by a bridge mm-hmm. that may or may not be the Laurel Highlands Bridge. Mm-hmm. You know, so I get it. So when you do murals, like mm-hmm. how do you plan something like that? Like, like do you just look at the wall and you like see the mural on the wall? Well, do you know um, what I mean? yeah. So th- this one, it's been like six to eight months planning. So like just kind of just getting things together and I spent a lot of times like sitting at the wall to see what's the safest time mm-hmm. um, because it's the biggest issue is that like when you're doing public work like that is is people trying to like either not paying attention to what they're doing or, or you're not paying attention. You end up getting something on their car or whatever mm-hmm. or they almost hit you with a car because it's a parking lot. So yeah. a lot of research, a lot of talking to the families, just pricing out supplies. And then as I go along, you know, I kind of have a design element that's just this big kind of sketchy drawing. And then um, if it's detailed work, I need to cast it. I'll use a projector and cast oh, some of it. Okay. But a lot of it's just kind of just, I just kind of like listen to a lot of hip hop and just kind of like freeform it for a nice. while. Like I have different elements that I need to put in yeah. that like I need to go back and forth to get spacing in. But once I get those things in, the rest of it's just kind of jazzy mm-hmm. and just kind of grows and like kind of develops on its own. own. Yeah. Um, like this one. One of my professors from Seton Hill was Josefa Filkowski. <clears throat> that was her last name. And she did, like, pipe sculptures. Okay. You know what I mean? She was a modernist yeah. and whatever, and she hated me, personally. She really hated me. <laughs> I remember the one type of class she – because I didn't, like – I didn't – we did work sculpture, and I didn't like tools I, when it was came to clay with. I just wanted to use my hands because yeah. I thought that I could do better. And, like, her, her very much – very consistent and correct aspect of teaching was that you learn to use tools first, and then you can learn to use your hands. Like, it was, like, it's it. a matter of skill. And I was like, okay, but I still use my hands. And um, she'd yell at me and scream at me all the time. So I put one of her paint. I put her big sculpture that's in the the um, museum in the painting because I thought it'd be nice to pay her homage to her and stuff like that. So yeah, that's there. And that's just you know, I just really enjoy making things colorful and having people look at it and being like, what the hell is that? And, <laughs> you know, um, currently it's at like a weird phase where it's just all blocking. Yeah. So it's just like kind of just you kind of grid grid out like a little bit just so you know kind of where yeah like I have the place. big landmarks in place yeah and I have them drawn out fully so yeah. I have the big landmarks in place and the rest of it is just kind of fill work and like kind of slap it in color and just different things so there's a lot of shrubbery and a lot of flowers which are just represented by just like squiggly lines mm-hmm. and when I was there Friday was the last day I work because I work on the weekends and then rain and stuff and um, everyone kept telling me that I should make those damn kids fix that graffiti that put it on the wall. And I, and I kind of was just like, if, if 
if I knew a kid that could do graffiti this quickly in this well of a lit parking lot <laughs> over like overnight and like in you know and not get in trouble, like I would totally let him I would leave it up because like that's a lot of work. And but yeah, no, and that was the thing. Like so it's at this point where it's very sketchy and very loose looking. And I think that, you know, I think it's good to show the process of what yeah. it takes to make something like that. Right. Because I do that with all my paintings as well. Right. And I think that artists are so insulated from the community that they're displaying to because they're in a studio space that's not necessarily always the most inviting. Yeah. But when you work in public, you kind of allow yourself to be encouraged by, <coughs> by the community and you allow, you know, you have interaction and things like that. Right. A lot of people stop and try to talk to me about what I'm doing and whatnot. I try my best to talk to them. Sometimes yeah. it's hard because I'm, I have like two assistants at times or I'll have one assistant and or, or honestly, I'm just, I'm just annoyed that I'm painting. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love right. to paint, but at that point in time in that scale, yeah. It's just Kinda a lot of focus on yeah. It's just a doing. lot of like, just huge blocks of color. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, you know what I mean. And the wall yeah. doesn't want to take the paint, and it fights with you. And so it's just a whole process. I, I I gave them two months to do it that I was going to do it in, and I'm I'm pretty ahead ahead of schedule right now. Good. So with the all nighter on Thursday, I sh- I might be able to pull it off in a month, month and a half. I'm thinking. Got you. And then I have another one scheduled for August, which is at a bike shop. Where you remember in Pee Wee Herman, where flat tire bike shop, yeah, flat tire bike shop in Greensboro, Pennsylvania. We remember in Pee Wee Herman where he's uh, racing in the Tour de France, yeah, and there's all the all the Tour de France people behind him, and he's yeah. just sitting there with that goofy ass look on his face in the front. Yeah, that's what I'm putting on their wall. So I'm yes. putting that at like maybe like 35 feet high, I think, by the end Whoa. of it. So it's gonna be this huge Pee Wee Herman, and then I'm giving him like a little spot where like when they sell a bike. They have a wall that they take pictures by, and I'm just going to give them a little spot there. And I don't know what I'm going to do there. I might put Pee Wee Herman in there, too. I don't know. But we'll see. So it's kind of like the thing of just allowing, finding businesses that are agreeable to work with it. And then also being willing to kind of be conceptually pliable enough to work within the fields that sometimes people are doing. Because it is public art, so it can't just be, you know, 10,000 pictures of me. Even though that'd be amazing. Or a bunch of dicks on the wall. <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't put dicks on Everyone always is like, draw dicks on the wall. It's just like, or I have friends that are tattoo artists, and they're always like, yeah, you should, I was hide a tat- penis in a tattoo. And it's just like, get creative. Like, think of something else to do. <laughs> like a pair of testicles, or like the, just the vast deference system that goes down. Over the, you know what I mean? That would be yeah. amazing. I would be, I would get a tattoo of that if I wanted to. <laughs> but yeah. I love it. So tell me, um, so before I met you mm-hmm. in 2011, mm-hmm. um, tell me, give me some backstory, some history. Where, how did you, um, you know, what were some influences? What were, what led you up to that point, and what, what, what kind of drove you to where you, you decided, you know, this is what I want to do, and, and oh, uh, um, you know, doing well, art. And, yeah, I mean, as art wise, I don't think I've ever not done art. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I think it's just one of those things like. It's always been part of who I am. Right. Um, graffiti was like a big thing for me when I was young and, and still is very much so. And, you know, doing graffiti and being a part of that culture was a lot, you know, a lot for me. And um, I grew up in D.C. in the summers. Okay. My family, my mom, I was born in D.C. and my mom moved to Central PA. Okay. But would send me to, to my aunts for the summers because she didn't want, she wanted me to have things like culture and stuff like that. So like I'd go to D.C. and be able to ride into the, they were in Annapolis, but we'd ride into the train station and stuff like that. So I was Good. always obsessed with graffiti. And always have been, and um, probably always will be. But then I went to, you know, and then it was just kind of like that's what I did. I had I had an art teacher that was really really influential in high school, uh, Sue Lemo, 
who just allowed me to just kind of like take all art classes like one half a semester where I just spent the whole day in the studio and mm. the art studio just painting on weird shit. And, you know, she'd give me some different things and like different experimentations and stuff like that. Mm. And I started going to college. Um, I was I was homeless for a while, so I, I kind of squatted out of college for a while with my friends. Yeah. So then I just went to college. I was done with school at 16, so I went to school at that point. Got you. And then... Um, the the you know as that evolved we my friends and i we started a guild called the rocket guild which was a very anti-establishment kind of artist movement kind of based on there's a, some french philosopher that's like uh um he believes in the, the principles of poetic terrorism which was the okay. idea of writing a poem on a brick and throwing it through someone's window so the idea is that they have to be forced into seeing it Kind of. Which is, you know, whatever, arrogant in French, but, you know, <laughs> it's, that's what it is. And um, so we really, you know, and I think a lot of that inspired, you know, that kind of correlation also went with graffiti for me. Because, mm-hmm. you know, graffiti is very much about like, I'm just going to put where the hell I want. Yeah. And if you don't like it, and I you don't have care. to see it. Yeah. So that was the guild was very much about, you know, getting away from the gallery system and fighting that idea. And I still very much follow that idea and putting things in more non traditional locations like bars and, on the street and things like that. I mean, I, I still, I really don't like to show galleries. They're boring. You know what I mean? I do have a, a show in a Columbus gallery, AJ Varelli's, Vanderelli's gallery in Columbus, Ohio, this coming December. Mm-hmm. But it's like the first time I've had a gallery show in a while. I'd rather show at a bar gotcha. where people can drink and have a good time while they're doing it. Got it. I, you know, looking at it, you don't, it's not as traditional. It's not as uppity, but it's fine. Like my senior show for college was at a bar. Got it. And I had to like do all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I started doing therapy and like doing, um, after I graduated high school or after I graduated college, I started doing therapy and stuff like that and got really into the idea of psychology and the study of psychology. Okay. Went back for my master's in art therapy and counseling. Okay. And then, um, my thesis for my master's was a book on a a comical self-help book on how to go on a date with a woman who were there were photographs of me on a date with a mannequin head on a broomstick and like all the actions of every like all the stages of dating because it's like one of the things I, I i very much like get very obsessed with is like the rituals of things and like the yeah. constant like there's a science to everything and you can sure. watch it and i bartended for so long i watch it all the time break down yeah. and it's just interesting yeah so that was one of the things so we did this um half-ass i like to call it half-ass self-help books Gotcha. Which and that's kind of where the idea of dasherology came from. The idea because he needed a he needed a night he needed a thing, mm. you know that the the book author needed a a thing to make his book look r- real. I was already a reverend because in the Rocket Guild we all changed our names to Rockets, and um, and then we got ordained one day. <laughs> like so, yeah. like and I was the only one that kept the reverend, and I very, you know married my friends and stuff like that. But that was kind of where it started, <laughs> and then. At that point in time, the Reverend Dash Rocket, who was the who was who was the guy that you met in that was uh, he was very disheveled. It was his early starting out era where his hair wasn't as kept and his yeah. suit was more mismatched. And correct. And if you look at um, cult leadership and like the history of cult leadership and even the history of like leadership, there are generally that aspect where there's someone starting out and they have like a very much more disheveled. Their message is more more diluted. Yeah. And more like kind of less. Still figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was his period at that time. So then he wrote that book was a correlation with that. So the suit was mismatched. It was it was I looked terrible. The next one <laughs> is um the next book, which was still in that same process, and that was for uh 
you remember Project 5050? I don't. They were like a local group, artist group here that okay. did. This was another, this is another example of me poorly spending my money because for one artist show, I think I spent for one book because I just wanted one of them. And I don't even know where it's at now. I think my friend Ashley has it. But um, I paid for like the model and, you know, and all these different things. Like I, paid, I rented the restaurant. I spent like probably three, four hundred dollars on this one project for this book that like two people read. Yeah. And I just love the jokes that it like for me, it's just comical. Like I, yeah. I just love the joke in the middle of it. I would load like little these little boxes. And they're also the way it was put together was it was put together very, very choppily and very like there's misspellings in it. And there's just different things that I allowed in there. Yeah. Because I thought that they were that that level of of cult leader wouldn't have an editing team yet. Yeah. So, you know, there's like little world news and report reports that like I would say nine out of 10 girls find a guy that knows Kung Fu sexy. And, you know, and like just different things and like little jokes throughout the whole thing. That was my thesis for college, which was made a very interesting discussion. Um, but I passed. So then I made another one, which was um, <laughs> how to learn to skateboard and pick up women the it's something like the ancient the ancient art of skateboarding and how it helps you get ladies which because they're all very much jokey kind mm-hmm. of like 60s kind of effort yeah which that one i just went to a skate park with with some guy i met at a skate park and my friend sean who does all my photographs um and we just i watched him skate and then i just made weird faces at him and that's the whole book and it's basically just me watching this guy skate and then there's nothing else in it, and it's just facts about skateboarding that I completely made up. Like, did you know that skateboarding was found in ancient Egypt, and they used to put cats on skateboards, now and they pushed them it. down hills? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they thought they were gods, because they pushed them down hills on skateboards. That's made up. But, you know, it looked awesome because it was in a book. Yeah. Did that, and then um, that showed for another Project 5050 thing, because it was also skateboarding. That one, they had um, – it was a – a skateboard show where you had to do a skateboard show. Mm-hmm. The first one was mannequin heads. Got so it. That's why I used the mannequin. This one's skateboard show, so that counted for that. And then I did a show at New Amsterdam where it was um, the the inappropriate ways to go on a date, but the appropriate ways to go on a date where I did with this model. And there's just all these photographs of me like just doing everything you shouldn't do on a date, like like cry. And like, you know, touch yourself. It just, you know, get really drunk. It just, and, and then there's like little, and they all were printed up as posters. Mm-hmm. And then they were displayed at a bar and people would just like look at them. And I thought they were funny. It made me happy. Why do so, it, like, why did you have like a dating theme? Is it just because it's like a funny thing that a lot of well, people I, understand? I think at that point in time, I think that was like structurally what was more, so, so, the art that I was doing at that point in time was very much about interaction between two people. Okay. So a lot of the stuff was like robots and Jane Fonda or robots and like old models and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of still photographs I was using from like old uh, Lost in Space sets. So that robot, which was amazing, was like they just posed him with people like randomly. Like in, so there's like there's these images of like models handing him a phone. Yeah. And he's just like, so I did a lot of that. Or Robbie the Robot, which is like the best robot ever. Um so that was like, so those books were also correlation with that because I think that's one of the fundamental things. And then th- that evolved out of that in a lot of ways because it was more about like the audience versus just that one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So I think, the, I think the stuff I was doing at that point in time was very much more comically oriented and just kind of 
not that my stuff's not funny now. I hope it's still funny. Um, but it was more uh, shock, like sight gags and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So it was more visual art and things. I also did a series where I taught Frankenstein how to go on a date where I had um, some guy from the bar named Mark who was really cool and my friend Janelle who was my daughter's babysitter and now is on the Travel Channel which is like a weird yeah. web of the stuff but she's on the Travel Channel beautiful model came in from New York City and we and like I made her go on a date with like a 60 year old Frankenstein who is who is his his little nose Bold. was falling yeah. off yeah. and then <laughs> and then I'm like coaching him from behind and then eventually I beat him with a crowbar and steal his date and that was that's the whole joke is that but that's kind of the thing so that was like I guess that's kind of what I'm saying there. Mm-hmm. does it make sense yeah I think yeah did I answer your question sure. I think so okay so um, which is weird I normally don't answer questions <laughs> well you you came to do an interview so I'm glad that you're yeah yeah you're yeah. following I went through. to I, I so there's <laughs> a, there's podcasts in Greensboro called the 724 podcast and I've been on there like three times and it's 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 just my friend Jordan, and I go on there and we talk about what I'm doing in Greensburg and blah blah blah. Yeah, that's great. But um, the check first, it out. Go yeah, check it out. A, yes, it's a good show. Um, the first episode I did, I studied all this stuff about Russian czars, like all this stuff, like everything, as much as I could get information about the Russian czars, because I was just ready to just in the middle of the podcast start teaching a lesson about Russian czars, and into, and I had like this whole like I was working on like. Like tie-ins, and if he asked me a question about this, how I could tie it into the Russian star facts, and da 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 da, da. and then I, and then we got there, and he was just like, "Please be good." And I was like, ah, <laughs> and I was I couldn't use the jokes, so I didn't even get a chance to ever do that. I'm gonna do that someday. Someday, maybe with like a fame. Like, I don't know. I'll find a podcast that's serious, like uh, I don't know, sort of serious podcasts. Yeah, like like This American Life. I'll do that to Iron Glass. I think he'll get the joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested. I'll be listening. Okay, cool. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, what? What's the um, like? We all have a reason for why we do things a certain way. So mm-hmm. you kind of have this. Um, I don't know if slapstick is the is the right like word for it, but like kind of in your face when mm-hmm. you you want to. Per, it's provocative. Yeah. Um, uh, like yeah. what? What do you think drives that? Or do you? How would you define um, it if you if you don't define it that way? I don't know. If provocative. I, I think um, blunt mm-hmm. would be more of what I and, I and I just I think it has a lot. To, I, you know, I remember in art history class hearing this story about um, Jackson Pollock was found in the basement by Peggy Guggenheim painting his paintings, and she loved them so much that she like gave him a show the next week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like you hear these stories like Warhol finding Basquiat or Herring or whatever. None of those people are out there anymore. Like if you don't right. get your art out there and if you don't make your art different, if you don't make your art unique and noticeable, yes. Um, a lot of the colors I use are, are reflective of like recent trends and like so trends in particular in advertising from point of time. Like the pink I use has was barely ever used in advertising, but it's popping up like left and right now. I see it all the time. Used a lot in like ads, also like the Tim and Eric kind of aesthetic to things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's that aspect of just being a little, you know, ha- having the ability to be part of like a culture that didn't have YouTube and everything to be reported, and you just made you try to make people laugh. Yeah, I'm not saying that that's better or worse. Right, but it wasn't so much about pushing it out. You're able to hone a joke better, and you, but you're also were dumber. I feel because you didn't care about people finding out about mm-hmm. it. Correct. 
but you now we have this social media. Yes, uh, yeah, and everything's so documented, and mm-hmm. and and it's you don't the be fingerprint, a, the yeah, social media yeah. fingerprint, the the, yeah, the, I mean, the shadow the that's going to follow you forever. Yeah, I think about the shit I did as a kid, and I'm just like, thank God, no one was recording. And that's like, I saw a meme about that today, and I hate to like report, but I was like, yeah, it's true. It doesn't mean that we were like doing terrible things. It's just like it was easier to be dumb back then and embarrassing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it was also easier to get away with shit back then too. Correct. Like you could, because there wasn't cameras everywhere, mm-hmm. right. and there wasn't like a constant like ATM machine creeping around the corner. Not all the cameras on the street had, you know, you could do like a tag. Yeah. And you could do like ten tags down a street that you knew a street that wasn't covered or had like low lighting or had like old people sleeping on the street, and you could go down that street and just hit it. Right. And you didn't have to worry about like eighteen cameras every angle. Right. Or like the fact that somebody has a has a cell phone, it's recording you doing it, and it's gonna Correct. post on social media. And then the cops are now gonna have a, a timestamp, a signature, and a location right. of where you were yeah. on someone else's post that they can openly access to. Yeah. And then you're like it's like, damn. So it's not as it'd be more more aware, I guess, now yeah. than we were before I was before. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So I don't know if I answered your question though. No, it does. And um, I think that that's a key point too. So I, I tell people whether it's with a new business that they're starting or mm-hmm. as an artist or musician, whatever it is, um, there, I, I call it like you have to have an edge. Like what's the reason that you are doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and why, what makes you different? Why, why should people be interested? Mm-hmm. And you kind of described that perfectly yourself when you were talking about, you know, you had these people that, that were kind of the rock stars and then they would discover the next person and try mm. to pull them up and we don't have that anymore. So it, it's very important to develop what makes you different and why, why you, mm-hmm. you know, kind of create this. Well, and I think, I, you know, I think any artist that doesn't have a consistent visual language with the audience that they're trying to have view the work yeah. are doing themselves a disservice. I agree. Yes. You know, I, I think that, you know, I think there are aspects, I think that's one of the things too, I also I think in art schools they're not teaching you that. Right. I think in art schools they're teaching you the fundamentals of making art, which is Correct. great for the first two years. Yes. The last two years should be, hey, here's a bunch of gallery owners. You should go talk to them. Mm-hmm. And like here's because even the internship like internship program, like they're going to practically learn arts. They're not learning the the difference. Correct. Because the art community is it's a competitive environment. Yeah. And it's full of people that are just out to like, just kind of take advantage of you you know what i mean and there's so many different shows that it's like pay for play shows or it's Mm -hmm. whatever and you know there's so very few locations that are willing to show places willing to show local artists and if they are willing to show local artists they have already have a lexicon of local artists that they're willing to do and like the graffiti culture there's a click there you know i mean there's like just these different things and and i think that that if you don't separate yourself from that in whatever way you can Mm. um then you just you become very mediocre in what you're producing. Yeah. And then your language, then your communication with who you're talking to suffers. If, yeah. You know what I mean? If that makes sense? Yeah. yeah. That's my new thing. That makes sense. If that makes sense. My new, my new go-to. <laughs> I was trying, I don't, I try not to do like anymore. Yeah. But I think I've probably been doing like a lot here. Got you. I read once and I try to use it in practical um, ways, but, um, did I put that in a way that's easy to understand? Mm-hmm. So changing it so that it puts it on you, even though it's a little bit wordy, mm-hmm. um, putting it on you instead of like, do you understand? And that, that puts it on the person that's listening. 
yeah. know, did I put it in a way that's easy to understand? Well, it's like it a, gives them more of an yeah, opportunity. It's like an old therapy no. trick. Yeah. So like a therapist or right. a therapist is um, whatever you're whatever you're reflecting on what a person has done yeah. or has stated in therapy. You're you're not supposed to say you said. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to say, well, I'm hearing what I'm hearing mm-hmm. you saying is blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Or what I what, what hold on what I heard was you you know what I mean? Right. And that way it makes that separation between the two and then the person doesn't get to take effect. And you're also not supposed to say why right. in therapy, which I don't understand because there's just times where you're like, why is the only thing that you need? Like, yeah. why did you do that? And, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, you know, I understand. It's, it depends on how you say it. Correct. Yeah. I love but, it. But yeah, so that was the thing. And then I think that's, you know, as my art has developed um, during pandemic, uh, you know, pandemic was a glorious socialist era mm-hmm. where everybody could do what they wanted. And, you know, could kind of had, you know, there was a lot of issues with it otherwise, but I was a very much a lucky one where my bar that I worked at were very up and up and up and they had, I was able to file for employment. My employers, Mr. Toads, were, if they were ever problems, they called for me. Like mm-hmm. they would call the, you know, they were very, it's also because we're a very close knit family. I've worked there for a very long time and, yeah. you know, they're good people and it's just whatever, you know. So I was very lucky to be able to have that support and that stability during, yeah. during the pandemic. Um, and then I had my studio and I just spent a lot of pandemic really like researching Renaissance art, researching like those masters and that kind of idea. Yeah. Um, and for a show that I was doing at the Thought Robber Gallery, which I just did re- just retellings of classical paintings with myself as every person in the painting. Mm. And that is part of what I like to refer to as indoctrination in regards to the fact that like these are historical images and if i replace myself in the images then you if you have a positive reflection of that image when you see it without me in it but you've seen the one with me and then you might say oh he's a nice guy mm-hmm. that's the whole that's the whole theory of it Got and you. also they're really funny yeah. like some of them are really funny like there's one where i'm poking my there's um there's a german painter 1500s where there's two topless women and they're pinching each other's nipples <laughs> and they're just kind of like daintily sitting there and just like you know, so there's a painting of me that's my friend bought. I think it's in her in her house, and it's with me with two very nice sets of breasts too, like pinching myself, pinching myself. So two, two of you, two of me facing in the same posture and post, just me with beards and just everything yeah. with great, you know, uh, of course abnormally large because yeah. it's just funnier. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna, you know, it's just you take it to that level. It wasn't a sexist thing; just, they're funnier, and it's funnier that. because the nipple, you know. But yeah, that's what I, that's the one painting I did. And then I did like, uh, so that's when I started putting myself into everything. So I did like the Botticelli's, which were like the Botticelli of Birth of Venus, where I did myself with that. I did the Birth of Adam with myself with, with a giant penis and the biggest ball fro I've ever, like I've ever <laughs> done in my life. And, and what the joke of that was, and that's the thing, all of them have a joke. Um, the joke of that one was whenever I stood by it, and if someone asked about it, I went, yeah, it's hyper-realism. And then I moved my crotch a little bit just to kind of like, because it was funny, because it was giant yeah. penis, you know. No one ever asked me in front of the painting. It sucks. I had did, it all... you, did you always do like self-portraits? Um, well, I mean, I've always put myself in things. I think a lot of times when I was painting Robbie the Robot, it was very much a self-portrait. That was always the character I used before. He was okay. always in something I did. So I think in, in regards to the fact that like Woody Allen films, which is not, but he's always in his movies. Um, I've always been kind of an aspect of something in mm. there. Uh, the, the idea of the self-portrait currently is, um, 
in, in a lot of examples in Renaissance and even, you know, a lot of the great masters, they did a lot of self-portraits of themselves. Mm-hmm. Caravaggio was known to do that over and over again. And that's kind of where that started. And then, like, Rodin did it. Um, Rockwell. You know, and Botticelli mm-hmm. used himself. Raphael used himself. Da Vinci used himself. And they would use, um, in reference to the fact, because it's what they had available. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of, for me, too, it's an aspect of, like, I, I want to pay models to mm-hmm. do. And, again, they're just really funny. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's just, it makes me laugh. Like, currently, for the show in Columbus. Like, your face on, like, Mona Lisa's I do, shoulders. no. Actually, I have one. So, a, a while ago, I did paintings where I redid. So, I broke all the old paintings down to down to uh, flat color fields and just basically made them paint by numbers. But then I put myself in them doing mm. something. So, like, in the death of Socrates that David painting where he's like on the thing holding his cup up in the air. Do you know what you want to talk about? I think so. I'm just standing back there like, <laughs> and, uh, and Mona Lisa, I'm behind her yelling at her cause she's looking weird. Mm. Um, the one Caravaggio with the boy holding the fruit, I, I'm, I'm pulling a fruit out of the thing mm. in the background. And, and they're, they're made to be like, um, thrift store, like retouch paintings, but they're all original mm. masters with whatever. One of the artists that um, she she gets a lot of prints from us, um, it's her, like, in the painting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Josh, like, this is her. And he was like, really? And I was like, it looks just like her. Mm-hmm. Like, so when the next time she came in and I was like, hey, is that you, like, in your art? She was like, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> and I think, I think mine, because all my art is very also very flat and cartoony. Mm-hmm. And it's very much about, like, layers of color yeah. and the development. So... The way I use the system, I, I like my paintings would actually, you could cast a light behind them and they would shine like a, like I say they will shine like a, like a stained glass window. If you got a bright enough light, you'd have to get a pretty bright light. But so if you could see through them, they would look like a stained glass window. And you know that like that different, when you look through stained glass, it has that different like kind of sheens of color throughout, right. throughout the whole thing. So that's basically what's happening with the painting. Your eye reads them when you look at them. Yeah. So you see them as flat, but you know there's something with the color that shows, gives it dimension and mm-hmm. shape. So those those t- are typically done with like multiple layers with sanding in between, and just you know kind of over and over again. And those ones for the for the thought barber show are now all at a bar because that's I really when I painted them with the idea of I wanted to format a bar with these giant like stained glass paintings yeah. of me doing just dumb shit. Um, and that's like and that's the thing and they're all kind of comical too because it's always like something's going on in the background or like the flowers or little skulls and that, you know, these different like aspects of thing and just colorization. And they're also just kind of funny because everybody's me. Mm-hmm. Um, now for the show in Columbus, I was continuing my research with Botticelli and just because I think he's just really one, he was like definitely on something. And, um, cause he's just wacky. Like his, like his paintings are just like the creatures in the backgrounds, the little, the way he forms bodies, it's just very, you know, very much about what I'm doing. But he also did like anywhere from 150 to like 170 um, mothers and childs. So mm-hmm. for different churches in this one area. So I'm, I'm, and there's, there's like 70 left. I, I my numbers are a little weird, but there's like, there's, there's a significant amount le- left, less left. Some of them were destroyed before the war. A lot of them were destroyed in World War II because they were just in a particular area that was just heavily bombed. Mm-hmm. Um, but out of those ones for the show in Columbus, I plan to redo all of them mm. with me as every character in them. So like I have one where I'm 
so like I said, again, Botticelli's is pretty wacky. And he has this one where he, like like the milk is squirting out, like, like this breast is here and the, the baby's like this mm-hmm. and it has its mouth open. It's like a good pose. <laughs> um and it's so so there's a painting of me with my with my breast Try. down. Yeah. With, with with milk pouring out into my own mouth. Which baby. is which baby version of me. <laughs> so so and then, then like then there's myself as Saint Peter and myself as um John the Baptist beside watching it in all homage. And you know, like little books and like in the little books I'm I put like quotes from like really bad rap songs. Like, you know, or like um the one I wanna do the 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 wet ass pussy song, not the wet ass. Oh. What's the boys to your yard? The milkshake. Milkshake. Yeah. yeah. I want to do the quote of milk. That's actually. I'm gonna write that down. Um, the milkshake quote. Well, now you can. Listen yeah, to I just listen to the podcast. Well, yeah, um, I don't know if you heard, but Bill Murray and her, the like the uh, artist of allegedly. that song, allegedly are dating. Who? Bill Murray. And the wet ass pussy. No, or the milkshake. The, the milkshake. Which brings, is Fergie? No. Kellis or Kalise? Oh, I forget I'm, what her name. I don't know how you pronounce it, but how old's Bill Murray? I don't know, like seventies. He has to be this. up there. Yeah, and how old is she? Forty-five. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay, so it's not that bad. It, no, it's not like there's she's a like gap. 20. They both <laughs> yeah. they both had um, life partners that had passed away in the last year. Oh, uh, okay. That was the, right. that was the way that they connected. Bill Murray's okay. one of those ones I, I worry that he's gonna get um, something's gonna come up from him. Like somewhere from like the cancel culture thing, and I'm just. Like, I think there is something right now. Yeah, I just saw yeah. Wes Anderson said that he's gonna um, do another movie with him, despite um, allegations. Fact, okay, because what what is it now? Is it he's? I mean, I'm sure he's a dick. Like they're all dicks in some yeah. way. And I Especially, well, I mean, if you're 80, yeah, and like yeah. you grew up in a very different time. Yes. What is acceptable in your head, and what's and actually comedian. So like, yeah. that's the thing. Like he's he's basically a stand-up. I'm not. I hope it's not something terrible. Like, I'm not trying, if it's something terrible, I don't want to defend it. But, like, if it's just a joke, it's like, oh, come on. It was a long time ago. Right. Like, you know, you think about, I hear a lot of times, I listen to a podcast with comedians, and they talk about Carlin, like George Carlin. It's like yeah. he was this pinnacle of, like, and, and, you know, they say, like, could he have happened now? Right. And I, and I, I mean, I think Carlin was smart enough that he could have made the jokes that would have worked. Yeah. Now. We just watched um, Tommy Boy the other night. Mm-hmm. And, like. With David Spade and. Yeah, and, yes, and, and, yeah, Chris Farley, and um, I mean that was like the late '90s, mm-hmm. I think, and like it says like the R word in it, mm-hmm. and it's just like so bizarre, like how that like just wouldn't fly today, mm-hmm. how different it would be. But then, but then again, I don't think they could make a movie like Tommy Boy today. Yeah, like I, I don't think that I think people would not. Well, I think it would do terrible. Like in general, I just don't think there's that like, and I just don't think, I don't think people have the time or patience to sit through a movie like but that. But Tommy Boy, like I just thought about it now, it's in a way similar to Billy Madison. It's just like a rich son, yeah, doing like, silly yeah. Well, things. it's it's it's, t- I mean, taming of the sh- what's the what's the Shakespeare one where it's a rich guy going out and finding. There's a, they're all based, you know, and storytelling in the same rate is all the same thing over and over again. It just depends on who you look, how, what, what, what show lens you look through it at. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, um, you know, rich boy becomes popper or whatever kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah. But I don't even Billy Madison. I don't think could have been made. Could be made. Oh for, no. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you would hope it could because it's not 
it's not that bad. But it's still funny if you watch it today. Yeah, but but that's the thing. Like, but I like I, I mean, I watched Zoolander with my son who just turned nine, and I mm-hmm. had to be like, "Hey, that part's not ex- like we don't say that anymore." Oh, same Zoolander. Did they say the R word? I think they. I think that might have been one of them. Um, I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm not good with that kind of stuff. But yeah. I, I remember having to like pause it a few times and being like, "Hey." Don't say this at school, or yeah. like you know, and kind of give a little backstory of like, um, you know, just yeah. There's um, where I don't, I didn't get that too much growing up. Like it's not like when you're in the '90s, no one was telling me that something that we watched that was from the '70s was like inappropriate. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you know think about I mean? like All in the Family, right? I mean, All in the Family was network television, and it was like borderline racist, that like straight up racist at one yeah. point in time. It was very much – there was um, – I was actually listening to an NPR show about this. They were talking about – so this idea that, like, people aren't funny anymore, people don't have to work, is, like, a constant ongoing panic thread that they use again and again in media. So yeah. there's, like – and they right, were just right. giving examples of, like, how often it happens. And it's, like, every decade, generally speaking. Yeah. At some point in time, there's some – and there's, like so – the guy that said there's, like, some correlation between years – like sometimes it's like mid, you know, it's always like in the middle. It's never in like the beginning. It's never at the end. It's always like in the middle of a decade. But there's always like these ongoing statements of like, nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody thinks things are funny. Or I, you know, what's in my day, everything mm-hmm. was, and it's, it's this right. idea of this hearkening back to that idea of what perfection was for them. And what perfection is, there's this general, like human archetype of perfection that everybody mm-hmm. wants to strive to. And you can't get there. And we just constantly go back to that idea that it's everyone else's fault whenever it's just right. the fact that it's just but, not there. I mean, as things develop, I mean, you think of um, like the Chappelle show. Obviously, mm-hmm. that was gold. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Key and Peele. And like they, they develop in a different way. And they have like you can watch it and you, you can you're mm-hmm. laughing the whole time. It's not that it's not like you can't make comedy anymore. It's just that. The times have changed. Yeah, and you the, just have and to, the storytelling is different, and the, the subject matters are different. You gotta, you gotta keep up with the times and kind of yes. format I, it in a different way so that it will. And I think jokes are different. I think pe- the way I, people tell jokes are yeah. different because you know I think with the invention of like just different social media and like Vine and just the quickness of everything that yeah, is yeah, now, yeah. like you can't tell. Like if you look at Pete Davidson, yeah, he doesn't do story jokes, right? Like he's not doing like like he's doing like set punchline you know Correct. quick quick you know what i mean right, right and that's what you have to do now because that's like the way mm. people want jokes they don't want right. knock knock jokes they want like just that jokes basically is a lot of what they are because they're just set up punchline correct and and i for myself artistically and yeah. and i think also comedically if that's anything um i like the long joke yes i like the Me long too. a callback I, I love a good callback I, I like I, I love long form practical jokes too. Like I think yeah. it's the best way to do things. I think if you can do a practical joke that happens to someone that like I used to whenever I was a kid, I used to do what I would call an egg trick. It's where you, you take a, a, a raw chicken egg and you sorry vegans and you dip it in wax. Okay. And you seal it all the way. And then you put it in a um heating area, like whether on a, under a couch or where you open up their vent and you put it in there. Now that egg will be sealed while that egg rots inside. It stays sealed inside that wax. And then in three to six months or however long it takes, it will break open. And then your whole house will smell like rotten eggs for about 10 days. And then 
no one ever knows where it comes from because it's not, you know, and it's like the best fractal joke ever. I think. Yeah. It takes time. I would never do it to anybody. I've only done it to a few people and all of them deserved it completely. Got you. Yeah. I did it to my school one time. There's this um, show on Netflix. I think it's called I'm Sorry. And um, her husband did a joke like that that mm-hmm. took like months. Mm-hmm. It was like months in the making. She hated this tank top that he would wear. And like yeah. he um, like he would be in like the background of pictures like wearing this tank top at their daughter's school. And she's like, why are you wearing that tank top? Like just so mad every time. And then um, she's like, okay, I'm going to get you back. When they went out to their like anniversary dinner, she wore like her sleep jammy shirt with like holes in mm-hmm. it like and it was a fancy restaurant and she took her jacket off like okay so we're doing this we're wearing things that each other hates and um he like made this video and it was like explaining like i know how much you fucking hate my tank top and mm-hmm. this was like this whole like joke and it was just so hilarious she was like i love you so much right now and i'm so embarrassed that i'm wearing this right <laughs> now <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like the thing i think I, you know i think a long joke is is truly the best way to do a joke, and I think that's like you have to like, be committed. Yeah, and you have to be willing to to sell the joke. And You're, if it's not, if it doesn't land, it's still funny to you, and it's worth, oh yeah, it's, worthwhile. It's half the time for me, that's that's all matters. Like if right. I if I'm giggling at some point in time, and that's I think it's a lot of times with my paintings too. Like yeah. I put stuff in them that I just think are hilarious. Yeah, and no one else does, and I don't care because I think it's hilarious, and I'll laugh my ass off whenever I look at them. But I think uh, you know. Depending on how you do and mm-hmm. how interested people will be in the future, I think that those jokes could continue landing for years to come. Yes, yeah, so I, hope, that's I hope the, so. That's the goal. Yeah. I think that's the the end game is is to. I mean, yeah. people are still going through boxes of, you know, Warhol's stuff in the yes. archives, and I should be better he, he just, that stuff. you know, put dirty underwear in there, and <laughs> he he's laughing yeah. at the fact that someone is is going through and picking it out and cataloging it and. I, like, um, I had it's, a, uh, it's an it's an ongoing joke I feel so I went, at one point I, I moved my studio from my one location in Greensburg to I have a bigger space now in Jeanette and which is just another town um, but it's huge the space I have is huge but I moved all my stuff and in the process of moving all my stuff I was like going through the boxes of see things and like there's a hundred percent stuff in there that I put in there for I was like that will be funny someday yeah. like 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 I'll find this someday and just laugh and there was like <laughs> I would find I found pieces of paper I had little things I wrote down on them. And it's just like a matter of keeping these things in boxes. Yeah. And I remember the multiple times when I was married that then I would get yelled at a lot for the fact that I didn't need to keep every single thing that I ever owned. Mm-hmm. And then I need to, you know, put things away and I need to throw stuff away. And no, you don't. You just need to find more space and or better boxes to put mm-hmm. things in. But that's I just some of the stuff I found. Like I um I have multiple wrestling masks that I don't know what, why I had them. Mm. But I have a box of wrestling masks, at least four. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think like did I have them for like some sort of wrestling prank I was going to do? Or did I just find a really good deal on wrestling masks and I bought them? <laughs> or did I find them? You know, let me get thinking. So now I have to no, I was in I was in Mexico a few years after like Nacho Libre came out. Mm-hmm. And there were ma- the, like the, the street vendors all mm-hmm. had a bunch of like wrestling masks. I remember getting a couple just like so maybe. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I, have, I don't have them anymore, but it was a thing. Yeah, I have one. It was one, a thing a long time ago. I, well, I have four of them, <laughs> and all of them are, like, too small for my head. I never wore them. It was just oh, a I thing. definitely have worn them. These all been worn. I also have a gorilla she, mask. She gave me some side eyes. I have a, I have a giant panda head. Yeah. That I don't know what I would ever do like with. A, like a, it's a Anthrocon furry? No. Okay. No, I, I but I do have access to a full-on nice. First rabbit thing. suit. Okay. Like a full-on, like, Easter bunny rabbit suit that... 
that there's 100% photos of me in a pool. In. And you have your own persona. Yes. Well, yeah. I don't know about that. Um, but I have just. He has a, his own persona with or without the I love, just For just I love random the shit. There's just a. Well, yeah, no, they're great. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want to be. It's just not. I don't know. It's a different one. Art. It's hot. So hot. It's like the hottest things, weekend of the year. And those things pass. Like those suits, like I could almost pass out of them yeah. every time I pull one on. But I have a big panda head that, that sometimes will hotbox. But it's just oh, this nice. giant panda head that like sits there and I and I don't know where I got it at. I don't know if someone gave it to me. Yeah. I don't know. I also have a gorilla mask. I have a bunch of weird shit. I, just I went to um, a bachelorette weekend in Putin Bay. Mm-hmm. And um, this Which was is like, in Ohio? Yeah. It was pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're at this big pool party and there's a bachelor party there and they had like an animal head like that. And I I'm obsessed with furries. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me put it on. And it was so wet inside. Yeah. Like, and yeah. just thinking about the gross <laughs> things that you used to do, like, before 2020, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um... Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, how many heads were it? What else? What other body parts well, were there? Well, <laughs> hopefully not a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, Putin Bay is a weird area. It's very weird. It's, a, it, like, it's... it's it's strange, but like, it's, it's fun. Just, you only ride go. You only drive golf carts. I know it's like, it, but it's like a casino resort. Not, there's not a casino, but it's like it's like you. It's like the Key West of Ohio. It's in Ohio. You take a ferry <laughs> to it. Yeah, and it's just. It's very bizarre. It's Ohio. Yeah, I know. There's not a lot. In we Ohio. love P-Bay. I've been a few times. Yeah. I got arrested for uh, federal drug trafficking charges in Ohio one time because I got pulled over, and I had Adderall in my bag and a. Uh, in an Altoids tin. Oh, and yeah. I used to work rock and roll stuff. I never carried my pill balls around with me because they would get stolen. Right. So I put it in an Altoid tin and mm. carry it in your pocket. Very easy to do. You know, you could pull it out. You know, it doesn't worry about, you know. And this co- the, the officer found it, found seven of them, said it was above daily usage. So, and, and like found my weed pen and a joint I had rolled and like maybe half ounce of weed. Didn't say anything about any of that stuff. Didn't say anything about anything. And was like, okay, I'll see you. Okay, thank you. And I was just like, oh wow, my friends are with me, and we were, we went to Detroit to see Electric Wizard. Went on our way back. I had to go to work, so I was asleep in the back when the cop showed up, and I jumped out. Whatever. So then, six months later, I get this notice from a federal courthouse in Ohio, Cleveland's like the main courthouse, and I'm yeah. like, and I have to be there, and like, well, you know, and I was like, what? And you can't like call, right? You just have to show you up. You just have to show up. And if you don't show up, it's a big deal. Right. So I, I kind of figure out what it was. So I decided to go to my doctor and I got my copy of my script. And, and I went and like the lady, the lady ahead of me was like there because she was like torturing dogs or something like that. And like the guy behind me was like robbery. And like everyone in, in this line were all very serious criminals. Yeah. And, and, you know, and there's. There's me with seven Adderalls in, in, a, in an Altoids tin being charged with like federal drug trafficking charges. And he and and I handed the judge my script and he was like, well, how do you want to plead? And I'm like, I, I don't. And I was just like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And he's yeah. like, you need an attorney. And I was like, yes. And he goes, well, then we're going to process you and let you. And I was like. Wait, no, I don't. And he was like, he was like, just trust us. And I was like, no. I was like, no. I like, what the hell? You know. Yeah. And I went in a, and I got sent back to the back and I was getting ready to get fingerprinted because I got arrested. Um, and I was sitting there and there's this guy in the room with me. And I was just like, hey, dude. And he's like, I go, what the fuck's going on? And he was just like, dude, you're in jail. He's like, this is federal prison. Like, he's like, he's like, you're, and I'm like, 
what? And he was like, yeah. He goes, man, I don't I was just like, oh, cool. And they fingerprinted me. Eventually let me go. Then I had to go back a second time. It turns out that I was a little bit mouthy with the cop over the fact that he took my Adderall from me. And I was just like, yeah, hey, it's my Adderall. Like, give it back to me. I have a script for that. Like, fuck yeah. you. And he, um, so he was very, very present on like, that I, that I did something wrong. Mm. So was my, he there to like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He what, showed up to every yeah. one of the hearings. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the second time I met my attorney, my attorney thought I was like some, like the way the report was read, like written, it looked like I had like a lot of drugs, trafficking a lot of drugs. And he was like, how much did you have with you? And I was like, I think like seven or maybe 10 pills. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah. yeah. Cause this says that you like trafficked. Yeah. I'm like, no, man, no. And he was like, all right. So the second time he went in and, and the, 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 the judge or the cop refused to drop the charges. Like they had, they had a script, they had a pill bottle, they had all the stuff. And the, he was just like, no, there's something else going on here. So I had to come back a third time. And this is the very, this is the punchline of the story. Third time went through, judge dismissed it. Finally, the cop was just like, he's like, listen, there's nothing wrong here. You know, whatever. Attorney comes out and tells me, and he goes, you know, it was like 7 a.m. I had to be there, and it was super early. And the muse- and he was, he said to me, he goes, you know, the museum in Cleveland is really amazing. I have some tickets for you. You can go to the museum. And I was like, oh, awesome, cool. So, like, I drove over to the museum, and I got in line, and I was waiting. I was standing at the thing, and, and I handed the lady the tickets. And she goes, you know the museum's free. And I was like, mother. <laughs> and I'm holding these tickets, and I'm just like, do I get anything? And it turns out that they were, like, from... Like an event, yeah. That they weren't. They were just tickets. They you don't need tickets to go to the museum. And I was just like, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I don't know who would give this to you. You never, never need the tickets. And I was like, God damn. It. Mm-hmm. He thought he was. I was all thankful. I was like, oh, thank you. This That's is a awesome. lot of driving to Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, I was like really thankful for my attorney, and they were free tickets. And I was like, ah. but yeah, it was. It was three times, mm-hmm. and that was like the one of the third arguments in the in the thing was that I. This is the third time I'm coming. I remember looking at my attorney. I'm like, I'm not coming back here. I'm like, I just won't come back to Ohio again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? I'm like, I'm telling you, I'll just avoid Ohio. Because, like, I'm figuring, and then, but then it was the federal thing. Yeah. They could have came and got me. Correct. The, what got him to say federal was that I went, we told him I was going from Detroit mm. to Pennsylvania. Yeah. So he said that you were crossing interstate lines. Yeah. Was, and he didn't say anything about, like, other stuff. It was just very comical. But what if you had the pill, like, what if you had a week of, like, a pill thing and you had one Adderall in each one? I think that would have been fine. That's so weird. I think of the fact that I had in a, in a, in a case, yeah. in a case it wasn't marked, that it had it. And I also, I didn't have a pill bottle with me, which was, you, I just never carried a pill bottle with me because, like, that's, they get stolen. Yeah. You know, people know what Adderall is and they just, like, look at it and go, oh, cool. You know, and it's like, right. my my insurance isn't going to be like, oh, we understand it's been stolen. Mm-hmm. Let me bring up that for you. You know what I mean? Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, I mean, so it just is, it just was how it was. And they, it was comical. It was very funny. But, yeah. I saw the Caravaggio. They have a couple Caravaggios there. A couple Botticelli's there. Very beautiful. Nice. For free. <laughs> you can go to the museum for free. Don't let anybody tell you it's they're not free. Because <laughs> if, if this like is an ongoing scam in Cleveland, that everyone that like like is like if you go meet a construction company in Cleveland, do they hand you tickets to the museum and tell you to go? And it turns right. out that it's just free. And this is right. just the way. Like this is an ongoing thing that all businesses in Cleveland are just like just pretending. I think it might just be that guy. That's his joke. That's his oh. like he's he's a you know attorney. Yeah. But at the same time, he's like pr- printed up a thousand tickets, and it's just oh funny for oh, him. Oh, that is funny. That's, you know what I mean? Oh, I hope that's what it is. I oh man, I want to keep that. That's where that's where my mind goes. Yeah. Because like. Yeah, that he like purposely is do, and he just does that to everybody as like a joke, just because he wants people to go to the museum. Yeah, but then you know. I feel like attorneys aren't that funny though. 
But well, some, I mean. Yeah, there has to be funny attorneys. Yeah. I mean, sure. I feel they're, I feel that when they are, when they are funnier, when they are funny, it's a lot longer words. Mm. Yeah. Because they're attorneys and they talk to you a lot. Yeah. I have a question. Okay. So you said you have a daughter. I don't know huh? if you have any other kids. No. But I'm not. curious if your art changed, because usually like when you become a parent, you, it changes you as a person. Has, uh-huh. Did your art change? Like, do you notice anything different from your art, like pre being a parent to being a, after being a parent? Um, it's just development. I think there was a, there was a lot more time. Sure, there was aspects of it that were affected. It, mm. You know, I mean, just in general, just being a parent, there's mm. aspects of life that's affected. I don't know if aesthetically necessarily mm. if anything was changed. Okay. Um, I know there was some different usages of color because of just. My daughter has autism, so she's not really, it's one of those things, like, she's not, she likes, she knows what I do, and she doesn't really, she's like, okay, cool, dad, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So there's not really, like, an, 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 I don't, I don't want to say not an investment, but there's, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was some, I think the development of, of the ideas were more, where I was allowed to be more long-term on them mm-hmm. in regards to the fact that that helped kind of slow down. Like, my biggest thing was I've always been, productive like i was trained as a printmaker so to me product is all that you have to show mm-hmm. so if you have 150 prints you need to do you need to do 150 prints yeah. and it's like and that's just the way it's, it's like a working kind of thing mm-hmm. and i think that that in, in one way some ways affected like my ability to like really concisely come up with an idea that wasn't yeah. so scattered and kind of just muttered and not accessible um so i think that having the ability to take the time to not have to worry about because i really didn't show a lot and for probably the first 10 years of her life i kind of just worked in my studio because she was young you know Mm -hmm. i had a lot of kids stuff to do and you know i just didn't have a chance to show then i started doing the live paintings with like the art all night thing and i think i was one of the first people that did that i'm gonna still say that and you know Mm -hmm. then i did the art battles with um new amsterdam and they had when ryan was doing that and then did stuff with Fee Gallery for a while, and then just kind of slowly, kind of, and it's always been, my, my issue, Pittsburgh is always such a hard area for me to show in, because mm-hmm. I don't do work that's sports-related mm-hmm. a lot of times, and I'm also not really very good at kissing ass at things. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not real great at, like, going into a gallery and kind of being... Like schmoozy. Yeah, I'm not gonna schmooze you. I that's you know I've always I've always said that I need a manager, mm. just so someone mm. that can do the schmoozing for me and I don't have to do it. Um, I'm getting better at that though. But that's always been my issue with Pittsburgh. Is Pittsburgh is very clicky art wise, and it's yeah. always been very clicky. And I think yeah. it's getting better, but I think it's still. I think it's just because you know, Carnegie Mellon's here. There are high raw artists that are coming out of that community that are staying around, and they're keeping that kind of separation aspect to the art sure there remember when lobster boy was here there was a guy that like pretended he was a lobster that sounds vaguely familiar and it just was like i sit at the bar and i'll talk to people about like stuff like that and they're just like what the fuck (laughs) and it's just like yeah no really what the fuck like why is he you know i'm sure he had some very long thesis i'm sure he's a very nice guy whatever but like it's just kind of like what are you doing dude like no one's going to walk up and talk to you about that because you're acting like a lobster. Or maybe they will. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, well, I think it might have went well for him. I don't know. He's not still doing it, though. 
But how long can you be like? I mean, right. Well, technically, lobsters are supposed to be immortal. They say they could be. Wait, he pretended to be a lobster. Mm-hmm. He would dress in all like pink, like red and pink, and like had claws. I think. And not and like so. When I first read that, I thought he was like like a circus guy, mm. which I was all about that. Like but this was like a daily. This was like a dude. It's part of his. I don't know if it was part of his thesis or whatever. But yeah, he was just dressed uh-huh. like that. Yeah. But now, but now we have like Raymer and you know, and just you know, Matt was here at one point in time, and Spar, and you know, Ornata Tacos, and just different things around here. And those, those, those are showing good examples of, of that art world, that elitist art world that was very prominent in Pittsburgh in mm-hmm. the '90s and early '80s. Yeah, is starting to get kind of diffused. Yeah, and it's becoming more like you know, Matt's doing yeah. every corner I'm talking. That's fucking amazing. Absolutely. I mean, and it's like you know, and I remember like we did the art battle with Matt. I did. The first art battle, I think it was the first or second one at, yeah. at New Amsterdam with him and Danny. And, oh, fuck, who's the other guy that does tattoos now on the south side. But I legitimately remember looking at Matt and being like, I'm going to fucking lose. Like, I didn't care. Like, it was right. between, you know, and I was like, it was Danny and Matt, and yeah. it was a live art painting. I knew full well at that point in time they were fundamentally better artists than I was. Right. You know what I mean? And I was okay with that. Yeah. And I think I got two votes. And I was okay with also just getting two votes. Because it was just like, right. that was like... Like, I was so far behind the next person yeah. that there was two votes in my thing. And everyone yeah. else had, like, 150. You know what I mean? So <laughs> so it was just, it was like that. And I, and... Just to be on the stage so with him is fine. Yeah. It's a chance. Yeah, and that's, like, the thing. And it's to say it's a chance. And then, you know, and I think that was kind of really whenever I started, like, thinking about how, as an artist, it's important for the artist to be more communicative with the, with the crowd that he's involving or mm-hmm. the audience that's viewing his right. work. So right. I started doing a lot more live stuff at that point in time, and I did the art all nights the couple of years in a row. Mm-hmm. The one year I did the art all night where I tried to retell Greek myths with random people that they gave me to sign up for, which turned out okay. Like I met Sam from the Ketchup City thing there. Okay. Sam Thorpe, I think is your last name. Okay. Sam. Um, a couple other people, just different people here and there working with them. Made some good connections, and I love the art all, all my community. And then... I did a 24-hour painting marathon there one year, which was really too much. And that was like kind of along the lines of, again, of, that was all just with spray paint and with just donated products and stuff like that. And it was about pushing the idea of just like how an artist works and like yeah. come watch me do that mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, and I kind of just moved away from doing that stuff with them because they, they had their own like kind of – they have now the, like the live art is very much part of their right. their whole They changed thing. the format a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. now it's like very much featured. And I'm like – knock stuff out i just and i don't want to i'm too much of an ego egomaniac where i want a bigger wall yeah. than everyone else you yeah. know what i mean so i'm not i'm i'm okay with sharing but i'm also like that wall's bigger i want that one right and the one year that danny and i did we did an art all night banner on at the iron city brewery and yeah. i mean it was, it was huge but it was danny and i doing it and yeah. it was just like and it was That's, huge is that danny divine yeah okay. yeah and it was and it was huge and and i mean and he did, you know, he did amazing work. And I was doing two things at once and, yeah. you know, working down there with the people making myth and then doing this. And it was just like, it was great to do it. It was fun. But then there was just this aspect of like, it's a lot of like work that's not, that I don't think, I don't think anyone's knowing how to buy my artwork or mm-hmm. find my artwork other than just random live stuff. And right. I think it's one of the things that as an urban artist wherever you struggle with. It's like, yeah. how do you get your artwork out there? Correct. Um, and then just kind of moved on because they got their own kind of thing going. And they do a lot of really amazing stuff. I haven't right. been doing it in a while. But 
last time I think the last one I did was at the old factory. Like the one down on the river. Okay. No, the last one I did was at the Iron City Brewery. Got it. Because then I got to, because they let me tour beforehand and I got to climb through the conveyor belts of the Iron City Brewery. Really? Until someone told me to stop. Like the OG? Like the yeah, we were in the one down on the south side. Of yeah. Or was it south? Well, what's that called? Lawrence The Strip. Yeah, Strip. It's yeah. The strip, yeah. And there's like all the conveyor belts were there. It was before yeah. they did, and I was up in all those conveyor belts, just oh, like fucking scrambling around. I got stuck a couple of times. Was definitely, I was definitely like a little worried I wasn't gonna get out of there. But um, it was a great time. And then we did that there, and that was fun. I don't know where they do it anymore. No, do they still do it? I know they did this past year. Um, Art all night. Yeah, yeah. It was down uh, at Thirty First Street Studios. Okay. Okay. Um, they kind of jump around a little bit, but they've been. In the Lawrenceville. Yeah, it's always been Lawrenceville. It's always been Lawrenceville. Yeah. So, yeah. But that was fun. That's always a good organization to work with. Right. So. I love it. But it's fun to sleep. You're good. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I wanted to uh, close with this. Basically, you know, thank you for being being Mm -hmm. here, being on. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd love to have you back. Sure. At at some point. Maybe you guys could come to the studio in Jeanette and hang out. Yeah. I'm I'm interested. look at my weird stuff. Gotcha. I'll give you a tour of my studio. I built a bar there. Okay. It's nice. All right. I'd love to check that out. Um, and uh, I want to go over kind of like where people can find you, mm-hmm. speaking on the note of, you know, when you yeah, are. Being a better marketer. Yeah. So this is the thing about, you know, I always like whenever I call a gallery, I talk to them. And, I'm, and the first thing I say is like, I want you to understand I'm a terrible artist. Like I, I will forget to call you back. I will, you know, I will forget to tell people that I have artwork here because I just. Would you, we have time for one more story? Go ahead. Okay. Um, I had a solo show at the Wizard of Oddities Gallery yeah. in Lawrenceville, which ended badly, but it was one of those things. I had a solo show where I decided I, I was going to have an up-to-date retrospective of everything I ever made. Okay. So I had everything I've ever made in this in this thing. It was overwhelming. It was really too much. It was, it was not a successful show because it just was too much stuff. Gotcha. I had... Clotheslines going across with prints on them, just hanging on clothespins because I, I wanted it to be everything. Yeah. You couldn't really move around the place without like running into something. Like that's how it was kind of thing. And then I also had this painting of Superman that was like eight feet tall that had like at least a four foot penis. Like that was like one of the other jokes because he's Superman. Um, <laughs> that was the joke. Was it your super- face on it? No, it was oh. Superman. It was from a it was from a DC comic, but but it was he had the Superman shirt on and he just bottomless. And then he said, he told me, I was like, is that Superman? Yeah, Superman. It's a big penis. It's because he's Superman. And it was, you know. You imposed yourself in the in the lower half on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, damn it. See, that's a good joke. And I wish I, oh, I wish I was better at joke writing back then. Oh, that's a good, yeah, see, it's a difference. I'm showing how. Yeah. Um, but, so I had this opening. And it, in it was a typical opening where, like, there was, Music playing and wine and cheese and you know and and I paid paid all this money to do this and had all set up and it was quite boring. It was it really wasn't what I would want to do in an opening. And, and I remember gotcha. like looking at the at everyone in the gallery and I'm like, because I also at this point in time had an exorbitant amount of student loan money gotcha. because it was still I was still in college and I was just like oh I got student loan check and it was yeah. very carelessly. <laughs> yeah. um, I invited all the gallery to a bar yeah. down the street. And basically opened a tab and paid for most of the gallery to have one hell of a party. Gotcha. To the point where the owner of the gallery came down to the bar and was like, 
I've closed the gallery because you've taken everyone out of the gallery. It's your fucking show. And he was like so mad at me. And I was just like, do you want to drink? Like, it's a lot more fun down here than yeah. the stomach <laughs> gallery. And he was like, yeah. and that's kind of the point where I realized that like, if I'm going to show, I want to show where everybody can have fun. Gotcha. I don't want to show in like a, a place that stuffy. You'd sit there and look at things and you can't really talk and everyone's worried they can't be so yeah. much. I want the music to be too loud. I want the potential of someone throwing up on something. <laughs> you know, I, I want I want it to be a party. Yeah. And also have the art being part of the party. Got you. So yeah. All right. I don't know if that was. A good I could story. see I could see doing a stuffy show again in a decade or two mm-hmm. and that be the joke. That it that it's out of place and like awkward. Mm. But see, like what you would, what I would do with that yeah. joke is, I would make it that that you would take all the people from the one location that you had the party, yeah, and you put them in the gallery, gotcha. and then you just not tell them what's going on, and you gotcha. just be like, you get them extra drunk, <laughs> extra like fucked up, so that they can just be extra. I also had this idea for a TV show one time, where I wanted to send my friends on scavenger hunts for things, but then go around ahead of time and buy all of that thing mm. so that so that there was no way for them to find it and then just film the frustration as it builds that they like they start at walmart and it's like do they have it and they're like they're looking like, oh man and then they ask around no and then you go to like target and jesus and then you start going to like these little subtle and it's always something that would always be there it's like something you. you easily could find at any grocery store and anywhere but everywhere they go it's just and then just kind of make the odds more and more piled up on top of itself so gotcha. that you get more and more stress and then eventually they just blow up on someone and it's just hilarious that's my idea of a good <laughs> and joke and they go over your house and it's just full of cornstarch or whatever yeah yeah no and that's the thing and that's the joke is after the interview you'd be like oh what did you need oh here's some and it's like pulled off a shelf but you have a bunch of it and that's just yeah so if i ever get a chance to have if i ever get like a production company to give me money i will 100 percent make that show and everyone will be really really mad at me for it because it's just going to be mischief all the way around but yeah all right. Well, where can people find you? Um, you can look at my Instagram. It's Reverend Dasher Rocket Likes People. Uh, if you just Google me, typically is how I work it. Uh, just Google Dasher Rocket, and you can find a lot of the things. The Dasher Rocket. Yeah. Um, Reverend Dasher, Reverend Dasher Rocket. Rocket. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I'm doing a like I said, I've been doing a mural for the next two months at the Shop and Save on East Pittsburgh Street. Yep. Charlie Family Shop and Save. So if you're in Greensburg and you want to say hi, stop in and say hi. I'm at Toads every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if you want to come in and let me make you a drink, that might be okay. I'm there too, which actually they're very good. I'm a very good bartender at times. Um, I don't know. I have a show coming up in Columbus at the end of the year. Yeah. My galleries in Jeanette, uh, Clay Avenue, 600 Clay Avenue in Jeanette. Um, you on TikTok? Yeah. I have a TikTok account. What is my TikTok account name? My be tic- careful in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> My TikTok account is Reverend Dasher Rocket. Yeah. So and, and that's actually I'm at nine forty two. So if we can get above a thousand, nice. I can go live. Go, I can go live. And that's yeah. after that, then I'm just gonna Oh, be, you're gonna be live all the time. So much weird shit with, yeah. with TikTok. And that was like remember when TikTok was getting banned? Yes. I found it so funny when everybody was like so upset on TikTok. And it was just right. like it's not going anywhere. Like it's just a right. matter of like like I don't care how much like there's no way that the American dollar is not seeing what's going on, and they're not going to be like, "No, we want TikTok." Because look how much yeah. shit you buy off TikTok. Oh, it's amazing, and it's and there's some really nice stuff. Yeah. I think I got no, I don't have any shoes. I had a pair of shoes, those Bruce Lee shoes. Okay, I bought those off TikTok because it was like Bruce Lee shoes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I right. want that. Um, I don't know what else. What else do you need? 
No, that's good. Good. Good yeah. talking to you guys. Thanks for you for inviting me. Yeah. Yeah. This has been fun. Thanks. I really um, like this space. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, we're recording today at the 1028 Podcast Studio. And if you're interested in recording a podcast, our friend Corey, who you can find on most of our other episodes, uh, is the owner and operator of this beautiful space. And he is a, uh, and we got this right here. Um, so you can check it out at mm-hmm. the 1028 Podcast on uh, Instagram. And uh, you can book this space. At, and it's, a, it's very affordable. It's located very centrally in Sharpsburg. It's about five, ten minutes from downtown. This is my first time in Sharpsburg. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. I want to do that wall right here. Okay. This building. That's why I'd like to, to paint a wall. Right here? Because there's little things like need to be coming out of those different colored bricks. I know some, I know some people. They might be interested. All right. So. Like a tentacle. Yeah. And maybe a hand. I had this one idea. So there yeah. was this. There's this building in Greensboro called the Ring Building. Yeah. And I had this idea of just this hand jutting out with this giant cartoon ring on top of it. And they were all interested until, until like they realized that it was like going to come out. Mm. Like I was trying to get it to come out off the wall. Got it. And I didn't want that. So So uh, the painting would look like it's coming out or it would be like no, a sculpture? No, I was going to build a thing. A sculpture. Which, yeah. which is fine because I'm not a very good sculptor. And I'm pretty sure I could not do it very well. But I would figure it out as time went yeah. on. But yeah, it was it was a good idea. I still gotta do it. It's like Phoebe from Friends. Do you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, yeah. Like no, yeah. It was almost. Um, it was actually there's a there's some Renaissance painting where they're reflecting on a ring. It might be a Caravaggio or something like that. I don't remember how it is, but there's just something like everyone's looking at this thing, and it's everyone's like a bast, and the hand is really jutted out there. Mm. So that's kind of where it's from, and I want the hand to come out of a shoulder because there's like this little awning aspect. That like I think an arm looks like a top of a shoulder, like a puffy shoulder, and I want yeah. his arm coming out of it and like, mm. sticking out of it. But gotcha. they said no. I also think there might have been issues like going through cables and stuff. Gotcha. But yeah, I'm trying to build a park too. Okay. I really want to build a, an Alice in Wonderland park, so I've been talking to the oh nice the county officials that do it, um, and we've been discussing. And hopefully, they'll be for it. Yeah. And that's the thing, like with the park design, I think you design it. I don't want to build it because I would be un unsure how safe things would be mm. like, gotcha. i don't think i have the ability to build a like a merry-go-round yeah it sounds like um we were we were in denver and there was this uh exhibit called meow wolf and it was f- uh, five stories it took t- over 200 artists four years to build okay uh eight, eight over eighty thousand square feet this gigantic building it's it, they combo it with a music venue so mm-hmm. it's this um and they've built other ones I think they, there's three or four of them now throughout the states, mm-hmm. but um, it sounds sounds like something mm-hmm. that that could be. They have lots of different rooms, and you mm-hmm. go in one and you go into another, and there's tunnels. And, mm-hmm. Well, that's like um, my, the the guy. I have an investor, so so for my studio, I had um, yeah. I approached some guy a guy from online approached me about doing work for him. Yeah, and he's a loads a lot of Airbnbs, and he has different stuff around the area, and it's like. Gotcha. Uh, but he's and one of the things that there's a brewery in Jeanette that okay. the, the old. What brewery it was, but there's this old brewery that's like considered derelict, and it's like running down, and they want to tear it down. Hmm. But like, I absolutely, I'm just trying to like, I keep trying to tell like, can we buy a brewery? And he's just like, well, how much is that? I'm like, I don't know. Like, let's <laughs> see. Like, they're going to tear it down. I feel that they would just, you know, because right. at one point in time, Jeanette's such a downtrodden. I hate to say that, but it's in the up and coming. It's, it yeah. has some, but it's it going through a wave. Yes, it yeah, and it, it it's like a, it's a glass factory. It was a glass town and. It was an industrial town, just like a lot of these little places like around here. Yeah. And they all left, and now they call this piece left. Now it has like one big industry, but it's just a lot of empty buildings, 
a lot of empty you know, main streets, all empty buildings, getting things get knocked down. A few here and there, things were popping up, but there's these houses there that they, they want like five grand for that are just these giant houses. And, <laughs> and like the, the conditions are you just have to kind of be willing to repair them. Mm-hmm. Some of them like run into historical issues, like where they're actually like historical sites, so you have to like repair them correctly, and that's yeah. like a lot more problematic than what it was. Yeah. But especially when there's like a tree growing through. The yeah. Oh yeah. Some of them. Are, I looked at this one because they were going to get. Like, they legitimately before years ago, like before pandemic, they were just like, "You do you want a place in Jeanette?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" And like, we'll just, we have these houses that we right. you could turn into whatever you want. Right. And I was like, and mine was like, it had a carriage house, and like the carriage house had like a tree solidly growing into it and then it was going into the house yeah. but it was this beautiful like funeral home that had like radiators as big as this like, like yeah. as big as this wall yeah little little um just these these beautiful like, builds buildings and, stuff. and it would have been an amazing house yeah but it just was so much to to do to fix it well, it was just yeah yeah but interesting but i think we went off topic no it's okay yeah, we're just doing a little sign off. Yeah, yeah. that's all right. Yeah. Um, and if you want to check out the print shop, uh, check out pghprintship.com. Mm-hmm. We do lots of um, fine art prints, fine art reproductions. Um, we do like nice photography, printing, uh, as well as our little copy center signage, stickers, banners, stuff like that. And uh, we everything is all ordered through the website. We we process everything that way. And uh, we've been having a lot of fun just doing the production and, and doing the day-to-day. We, we really enjoy the work. So um, we're doing that. And if you want to follow me, the best way to find everything that I'm doing is just my Instagram, uh, Josh Snyder 86 and that's Snyder with an I. So feel free to check us out and um, appreciate you listening. Thank you for being on with me, Brittany. Thank you, Brittany. I love it. And and thank you for listening. So we hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got something out of this. And uh, we appreciate you checking out another episode. Feel free to like us, comment, share it with someone if you think that that's necessary. And thank you for listening to Thoughtful Discussions with Josh Snyder. Later, Gators. <laughs>